Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. You see, the idea of being great isn't something that is bad. It's not something that's bad. And I, and I fully understand that that's probably not at the forefront of some of your minds because right now you have health issues. Right now you have a marriage issue. Right now you have financial issues. Right now you have career issues. And those are the things that you're focused on. But even in spite of that, God has called us all to be great. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Perhaps there has not been another time like now in which Christians need direction. We are confused and wondering if we can find the way God has for us. We are confused about our careers, our marriages, our kids, and even our friendships. In this sermon series, we are going to look at four distinctive characteristics that Christians need to have present in their lives in order to walk the path that God has for them. We hope that in this series, you will find clarity, peace, and most importantly, direction. Please enjoy the message. Now today, uh, we're continuing in a series that's entitled Guidepost. And in this, what we're talking about is how we need to thrive in the Christian faith. And part of thriving in the Christian faith is, is that we would have guidance from the Scriptures. And we're looking at different aspects of the Christian faith. And one particular thing that we're going to look at today is a bit unusual. It's a bit odd. It's probably not something that you would necessarily associate immediately with the Christian faith. But I tell you, there's probably something inside of you that has wanted this. There's a part of you that has desired to tap into this. And maybe even there's an area of your life that you want this to absolutely be present in. And what I'm talking about is greatness. Now, one of the greatest marketing, marketing ads, and in my opinion, has ever been done, uh, is a commercial that featured Michael Jordan several years ago. And in this particular commercial, what you're going to see, and I'm going to show it to you here just in a moment, what you're going to see is people trying to be like Mike. And in the course of that, what you do see from him is like he's absolutely one of the greatest basketball players ever. And then they're going to show you one thing that you have to do to be like Mike. So check out this commercial and you'll see a little bit of what I'm talking about. Sometimes I dream that he is me. Got to see that's how I dream to be. So if you want to be like Mike, you got to drink Gatorade. Now, I can attest to you with absolute certainty that drinking Gatorade will not make you play basketball like that. Yeah, I promise you that. And what that, what that commercial, in a way, is teaching us is, is that if you want to tap into greatness, there is something that you have to do. And in this particular case, it's a bit misleading, but what they're trying to stir within us is this desire to drink this drink. 
But in a way, there, there is something to be said for if we do something, then greatness can be had. It's just a matter of what is it that we have to do to truly experience greatness, to tap into that. What exactly does that mean? Well, from a worldly standpoint, I would present to you what our world would define as greatness is really just a little bit more of whatever it is that we are trying to pursue. Maybe it's a title, maybe it's a certain uh, income status, uh, maybe it's a, another business, maybe it's another franchise. Maybe for you, you're a manager and it's about, it's about getting to be a director. That would be great. Or being a director, maybe it's about being an executive. Or it's from ex- being an executive, it's about being a vice president. Or from a vice president, it's about being a senior vice president. Or being the senior vice president, it's about being the CEO. And if you could just get to that next level of whatever it is that you are in, then you could be great. You could be great. And what I have found about the world's definition of greatness is this is that it is a moving target. And you always, always end up running out of time when it comes to hitting that target. That if you're going to try to be great by the world's standards, that greatness will always seem to be that moving target that eventually runs out of time for you and me. And personally, again, I'll attest to that because I played basketball growing up and I wanted to be a great basketball player. And it was interesting that my definition of being a great basketball player just shifted through the years. When I was a freshman, being great, freshman in high school, it meant being on the junior varsity team. We had a really good high school team. So if you made the junior varsity basketball team as a freshman, that was a big deal. And I was fortunate enough to do that. And then as a sophomore, if you were going to be a great basketball player, it was about making the varsity basketball team. And I was, again, fortunate enough to do that. And then as a junior, it was about being, uh, being able to contribute on that team. And then as a senior, it was about starting on that team and then ultimately getting a college scholarship. And I was fortunate enough to get that. And once I was in college, being great meant getting to be all-conference. And I was able to be that. And then it was about being an all-American. And then, and then I ran out of time. And I probably wasn't good enough anyway. (laughs) Didn't drink enough Gatorade, right? (laughs) But truth be told, that is how the world defines greatness for us. But biblically speaking, it's something different. And what we're going to see in the story that we're going to look at, in the past scripture that we're going to look at today, is that as far as the way that Jesus defines greatness for each and every one of us is this, is that to Jesus, greatness is not defined by success, It's defined by service. It's going to be all about just a couple of characteristics that have to be present in our lives. No matter what area we are focused on in our life. And when those particular characteristics, those two things are present, we are beginning to tap into an element of greatness that Jesus exemplified for each and every one of us whether it's being a great parent or being a great spouse or, or being a great employee or, or being great at running a business or being great at whatever it is that you want to be great at, these things have to be present. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because we've got to first go to the disciples. You see, the idea of being great isn't something that is bad. It's not something that's bad. And I, and I fully understand that that's probably not at the forefront of some of your minds because right now you have health issues. Right now you have a marriage issue. Right now you have financial issues. Right now you have career issues. And those are the things that you're focused on. But even in spite of that, God has called us all to be great. 
You see, he didn't give you a good commandment. Instead, when the Je- instead Jesus said that these are the greatest commandments, to love God and to love others. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. Jesus didn't give us a good commission. He gave us a great commission to go into all the world, teaching people about him, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the disciples understood this. And so there, are, there was an argument that broke out amongst them. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 1, it says this, there, that the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And in a way, they're broad-stroking here. Okay, Jesus, in all of God's kingdom, who is going to be the greatest? And we'll see in a moment that they, that they really had a little bit more going on in their hearts. But they want to know who is going to be the greatest. And Jesus didn't rebuke them for asking that question. And then in Luke 22, we see a little bit more behind the curtain of their hearts. A dispute arose among them as to which of them would be considered the greatest when Jesus established his kingdom. And so with that dispute taking place amongst them, Jesus again did not rebuke them for asking such questions or even having such a discussion. He's just going to redefine what greatness really means to them. And that's where we're going to pick up in John chapter 13, verse 1. It says this there. It was just before the Passover feast and and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. The time, what time is that? That's the it's the time in which he would he would be betrayed. He would be turned over to the religious leaders and ultimately handed over to Pilate. He would be tortured. He would be taken to a cross. He'd be nailed there. He would die. He would be buried. He would be vindicated. He would resurrect from the grave, ascend onto heaven. But in the mid- before that happened, there was quite a bit of pain. There was quite a bit of, of suffering. And this is going to be Jesus' arguably greatest moment. Who attaches pain and suffering with greatness? Nobody. We attach ease, comfort, convenience. Clicks, likes, views <laughs> with greatness. I was listening to a sermon not long ago. And in this particular sermon, the, the gentleman was sharing about a, um, a woman who had gone to Cameroon to serve there in her 20s. And, and in her 80s, she, had st- she was still serving there. She had taken a vow of celibacy, remained single, 
And for those many, 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 many years, she just served the poor, the lost. And ultimately, Ruby Ellison would lose her life there tragically by natives who were threatened by her. They took her life because she was telling people about Jesus. She had one goal in life, to make Jesus known amongst the poor and the separated from him. In the same sermon, this gentleman also shared another story of a couple that he had read about in Reader's Digest. By many of our definitions, this couple was great. Mid-50s, they retired to to an island just off the coast of Florida. And there, they were able to buy a home and live a life of, of ease. And as they would describe their lives, this couple... They would describe a life, and at the time of this article, they'd actually been there for some 20 years, but they described a life of being able to go out on a 30-foot boat whenever they wanted. The husband shared of how his softball swing had been perfected, but their proudest thing every day, they would go out and they would collect seashells. That's pretty comfortable. But one day, Ruby Ellison is going to... Well, in her case, Ruby Ellison stood before God. And one day, that couple is going to stand before God. And who is going to have something great to really show God? Ruby Ellison had thousands of people that she cared for and that she loved, that no one wanted anything to do with. She told them about Jesus. But she set aside many of the the trappings many of the successes of this world to have that kind of a life. And this other couple, they'll come before God one day with a nice boat, a really smooth softball swing, and an incredibly impressive collection of seashells. Don't tell me we don't need to redefine what greatness is in this world because we do. We need to redefine what it means to be great in this world. And Jesus opens up John 13, verse 1, by saying his time, John tells us of Jesus, his time had come. It was only a time of hurting, it was a time of suffering, but it would absolutely be a time of greatness. Because having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. Not an average love, not a normal love, not a partial love, not a mostly love. It was the full, entire, completely great, all-encompassing aspect of his love verse 2 the evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted judas iscariot the son of simon to betray jesus that's such an interesting detail because it's just sort of this side note that john makes here as he's writing it's a it's an important side note because jesus is showing the full extent of his love did you catch that again to the people who were going to have some ups and downs ins and outs with him but ultimately would give their lives to this calling. And then there was Judas, who has a rather unfortunate story in the midst of this story of Jesus' greatness. It's a a side note there that John makes that we need to realize that Jesus showed his love not only to those who loved him back that were there for him, but even the one that was against him and was going to betray him. 
You know, this is important to state, state again because when it comes to, again, redefining the world's definition of greatness, we've got to understand that there are two things that Jesus has present here that we often disassociate with that in our world, and that's this. is that the path to greatness, it will include suffering, and that will never go away. As soon as you hit one level, the next set of problems arrives, and they're often greater problems. The greater the level that you're experiencing in life and whatever it is, the greater the set of problems. The second thing that we see here is, though, is that there are enemies that are always present. If you don't have anybody who's pushing up against you or maybe even undermining you in some way or some fashion, like what are you really trying to achieve? What are you really trying to go for? What are you going after? Jesus was trying to bring God's kingdom into this world. And in his closest inner circle with the people that he had loved the most, there was still somebody there who was against him. Verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. This is great because Jesus' identity here is found in his heavenly Father. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the Give tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Where is your identity? Where is my identity found? Often it's found in other people's opinions. And it's those opinions that keep us from living this great life that God would have for us because that great life is going to involve us doing some things that are a little uncomfortable, a little upside down according to the world. But that's okay if our identity is found in, in our Heavenly Father and not in things of other, in this world, things of this world and other people's opinions of us. So Jesus, in light of the fact of who he was, in light of what God had given him, he does something completely upside down, considering he's the most important person in that room. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. What is he going to do? Is he getting a shower? What the heck is going on here? What is happening? And after that, he poured a water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Because they're having a discussion about who is going to be the highest in God's kingdom. And Jesus quietly took the lowest position that was in this room. They're having a discussion about success and Jesus comes before them and takes a position of service. In this culture, as people would travel about. The roads weren't paved. There was no asphalt. There certainly wasn't concrete. <laughs> it was just dirt. 
The feet were grimy, they were filthy. Who knows what people would have to walk through, and they were often in sandals. And so they would, they would come into homes. And just like you and I, they would, they would not, people's homes, they, people that own the homes would not want them dragging all that filth through their home. So you had to take the sandal off at the door. And then there was a low, 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 lowly servant who would then wash their feet. It was the most menial of tasks by the most menial of servants. And Jesus, and that's exactly what position Jesus took because there was a need that was there. There was a need that had to be met. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, I'm just going to present to you just two simple ideas. Two simple ideas. Because I don't don't think God is overly complex. We make him complex. We make his will complex, but I don't think it's that complex. It's simple. Number one is meet a need. Just meet a need. I, I mean, it's a simple business concept. Some of you own businesses. You do good business for people. People will come to me at times with business ideas, and, and I, I love that. I love that people, especially God, godly Christian people, want to, want to get into the uh, marketplace and, and start a business. But whenever somebody's telling me an idea, I always listen to for one thing. I'm listening, what need are you meeting? Because if you're not meeting a need, you're going to have a hard time having a very, having a, having a very successful business. It's, it's, just, it's just a challenging thing to do if you're not meeting a need. What need are you meeting for God's kingdom? If you want to be great in the eyes of God, what need are you meeting in his in his kingdom. Now, I don't know how you feel about some of the recent uh, political outcomes. We don't have to get too far into that. But I've talked to some of you, and some of you are a little concerned about some of those, about how some of that's turned out, especially here in the state of Colorado. I, I don't know exactly how all of you feel about, you know, some of the things that are happening, maybe even in some of our schools. I do know that many of you are administrators and your teachers, and you even work at a state level, and you are doing an amazing job in those spaces. But even you have some concern about what's going on, the direction of things. It seems like we're a bit distracted in some of those spaces. And, he, and here's, the, here's where I'm going with this. The reason that Christians have concerns about those areas, and maybe even some others, is because we don't have influence in those spaces anymore. Politically speaking, I mean, it's, you know, if you're not a Democrat, you're, there just isn't much influence out there. It's just not there anymore. In the schools, you know, many of you are doing a great job. You're holding on. You're really influencing as best you can. But there's a tidal wave kind of coming up against you, and you're starting to feel that, and it's concerning. I mean, we ought to be concerned. And I talk to many of you, and I, I have these thoughts myself, and we lose sleep over what's going on, what's going to be the future for our kids and for our teens, what am, I, what am I going for here? What am I getting at? You have a place where you have as much godly influence as you want to have. And there is a need. And that place is right here. Because we have children and we have teens in this church 
who need, who need, who need godly people like you to just serve a little and come alongside them and teach them what it means to, to, to love God and to help them experience the love that God has for them through you. Again, legislation, political offices, it's a, it can be a bit concerning and scary. In some of the school districts, it's a little bit concerning, no doubt. And, there, and it's hard to break in and have influence in there. And, and we will spend hours on social media complaining about this stuff. We will lose hours of sleep wondering what in the world is that teacher doing? What, or, or maybe even worse, what in the world are my kids' friends showing my child, offering my child, not only just in a phone, but maybe even with drugs? I mean, that stuff is everywhere. What? And we're losing sleep over that. And in the midst of all of this, we're so focused on what we don't have that we forget you have a space right here where you can come alongside your child in some cases or your grandchild. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.